Hey gang, just before we get into the crazy hockey nonsense, just wanted to address something that yeah, it, it feels like we often record when just terrible things happen in this uh, hellhole of a country, but I think just routinely terrible things happen in this hellhole of a country, and it's been a banner week for the Supreme Court of the United States just you know, trying to drive us into oblivion and dystopia, and it, it sucks. And today was just a, a huge, huge problem where they overturned Roe v. Wade. And uh, look, uh, I, I don't think at this point anybody's surprised by my political views on the podcast, so I'm just going to roll with it. But I am a huge advocate for women, and this is bullshit. This is terrible news, and I I don't know what the hell to do. I don't think anybody knows what the hell to do, but please support women. Please support any causes, any anything that helps women's health, helps women get the health help that they need. Please donate. Please support. You know, there's still there's still hope that it's state by state, but it's so dystopian and terrible. But regardless, do what you can to help. Protest if you can. You know, this is. These are dire times, my friends, so please help in any way you can. And I know it's tempting to just go out there and start wailing away at random people that might be pissing you off. And in the sense that that Rangers fan knocked out that Tampa Bay Lightning fan last week. (laughs) And I I would maybe encourage you not to do that, but don't do that. I don't know. But that was... No one's stopping you, yes. But just like nobody stopped that Rangers fan from just knocking the hell out of that Tampa Bay Lightning fan, which is still something that I... What a what a just a tactless transition right there, let me tell you. But I I will say, you know, I've been wanting to talk about this, this knockout punch from last week, right? And did you see this clip of the Rangers fan, Ryan? Did you see this? I, I did. It was, uh, it was something. It was something. And I mean, the guy, you know, he got what was coming to him. He got, you know, locked up <laughs> and everything and still had to wear his Ranger shirt, which was a hideous Ranger shirt, the red Ranger shirt. Yeah. What I'm is not, he even doing? Like that's I don't recommend. Awful. Yeah. But he had to wear that into court, which was pretty funny. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I didn't I guess, know that. All I guess I he got locked was... up in it and sat in it overnight, and then they brought him into court in the same shirt. Wearing that shirt alone is basically as bad as going to jail. So that's funny that he has that, and then jail com- like compounded like on top of that. That's very funny. Um, yeah, all, I didn't know that. All I knew was like the video, and that I knew he got arrested. I didn't see like the. Like, <laughs> I didn't see him in court or anything like that. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah, he's in court in that, that hideous red Ranger shirt. And and he apparently ended up getting two counts of assault, I think, because he assaulted the Tampa Bay Lightning fan, obviously. He right. knocked that guy the hell out. That was terrible. And then uh, somebody tried to stop him, and he must have assaulted that person, too, and got charged for that. 
What a sack of shit. Like, it, now, granted, I will say, like, the Lightning fan was probably being really annoying. Like, it, oh, in yeah. the video, it sounded like he was being such, like, really, really, like, such a troll. But there's, like, that doesn't give anyone the right to do what that fucking Rangers fan did. Like, it doesn't, I don't know. Like, it's, he got what he deserved. And uh, do you know how long he'll be in prison or jail or whatever? I have no idea, but, you know, he also has to live as a Rangers fan, so... Yeah, it's a yeah. lifelong prison right there. Yeah, basically, yeah. I can't talk of a Flyers fan. They've won I was going to say, yeah, three like, decades. Is, could it be worse than being a Flyers fan? I'm not sure it is. It's, a, you know, it's all bad. Yeah. Everything's bad right now, let me tell you. Uh, and we, are we considering the Stanley Cup final as, as being good right now? It's been a weird one where... it. You know, until the last game, the last game was good because that was a tight overtime match. But there have been these games where it's like, okay, there's a blowout by the Avalanche and then there's a blowout by the Lightning. And it's, you know, is it good hockey? I think it's good hockey. I think it's a good final, but it also might be over in, what, five games? Yeah, I mean, it could be. It could be over tonight. It could be over by the time this reaches, like, the internet. You know? Yeah, we could be talking about the Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup champions already. Yeah. yeah, But, like, I mean, so far the series has been good. Like, the two overtime games were awesome. Um, it sucks that the that game four ended the way it did. Like, I like I want the Avalanche to win. So, like, I'm not, you know, crying a river about it. But at the same time, it's like, fuck. I, it just gave me flashbacks of the goal not to be spoken of from... 2010. He who shall not be named. Yeah, I had that flashback myself. Like one side is screaming and cheering, and the other side's like, uh, did, did they score? What happened there? Right, right. It was very confusing. And so, like, there was that. And then there's the whole, yeah. And then there's the whole, you know, was it too many men or too much man? Too many men. So I don't, I don't know. Too much man. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting question. John Cooper seemed pretty pissed off about it. I probably would be if I was a coach too, because you do want to play by the, the book. And if you have any technicality that you can kind of get out on, then you know you go for right. it. But at the same time, I thought that was really insignificant towards the play. Yeah. It, clearly McKinnon was, you know, just slowly doing his line change. He just wasn't on the bench. He wasn't interacting with the puck or right. anything. So, you know, it's a technicality. I'm not really that bothered by it. Cause I also don't really have that much of a horse in this yeah. race. And plus Tampa had seven people on the ice, including the goalie, but like still they had seven people on the ice. So it's just like, let's maybe, you know, it's a pot calling the kettle black type situation. I feel yeah, like just a, just a little bit, a teensy bit right there. But yeah. You know, regardless, uh, Colorado Avalanche are, uh, are great. So we have some breaking news oh, here. Oh, wow. And it's not great. Oh, wow. Joel Therabee went underwent successful disc replacement surgery in his cervical region this morning. The surgery was performed by Dr. John Yoon, a neurosurgeon at Penn Medicine. He is expected to ma- make a full recovery in three to four months. Do, let's do our math right here and see. So it sounds like he he might be back in time. He might miss a few weeks of the regular season, the first couple of weeks. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad he he got whatever surgery he needed now, as opposed to getting it, I guess, closer to the season and missing more of the season. But uh, all right. Well, uh, hopefully Joel Therapy recovers quickly, and that sucks. I see. When things like this happen, I always wonder why didn't this just 
Like, why didn't the surgery happen as soon as the season ended? I'm sure there's, like, a lot of things. Like, they're trying to figure out the severity of it. Does it need surgery or whatever? And I'm sure that there's a lot of that going on. But, like, fuck, man. Like, now he's going to... Like, missing a John Tortor... Like, missing John Tortorella's first training camp as head coach is going to be tough because then he's going to come in in the middle of the season. And, like, I question if he's going to be, like, ready. I don't don't know. Like, No, I hear you. And I was saying the same thing when Sidney Crosby had surgery. Again, much closer to the regular season than this was. And I... I, I wonder why he waited that long. I, you know, again, there's medical stuff. We are not medical doctors, as we've had to say repeatedly on this program. We don't know anything right. about medicine at all. But I don't know anything about anything. I don't know anything, let about alone anything. medicine. Yeah, I, I yeah. guess he was looking at all the options, and then they came to this. Yeah. But again, I'm glad he he did this now rather than later. It sucks that he's going to miss towards his first training camp, and it just makes me nervous because it's like. Tortorella said that they're going to have to, like, everyone's going to have to come to camp in great shape. Like, they're all going to have to be, like, ready to go because their conditioning is going to have to go way up. And, like, with him being, with him missing this time, it's like, fuck, man. Like, is he going to, like, do we have to wait another year for, like, to see him take a significant step forward? Like, I, I don't know. I'm just being really doom and gloom right now because it's a doom and gloom day. But, like, I don't know. I, I hope... I hope he's, like, able to come in and, like, be the Joel Farabee. Like, not only be the Joel Farabee that, like, we've come to know, but, like, still take a step forward in his development, too. Well, hopefully the Flyers can take some pressure off of Farabee coming back too quickly by making a significant pickup in free agency. Who knows who's going to be out there? Johnny Hockey's out there, right? Oh, Johnny Hockey. John Hockey. A lot of people have uh, mentioned Nazem Kadri. Kadri. I have to get used to saying that. I can't. I apparently this bothers the hell out of me is I've always seen his name and thought it was. I, so the first time I thought it was Nazim Kadri. Okay. And then I heard them saying Nazim Kadri, which just sounds wrong to my ears, but yeah, I have to remember right. these are Canadians we're speaking about and everything, not everything Canadians say, but many things that Canadians say sound wrong to my ears. So I have to get used to that. And then I, so I've gotten to Nazim Kadri, but now I have to really get myself to saying Kadri, especially if he comes over to the Flyers. And we'll see. I don't, I really like Kadri, but I feel like the Flyers are going to overpay him. But would he go through and <laughs> and go with what a listener suggested and <laughs> go through with the challenge of any free agent and go up to Chuck Fletcher and say, can you make me a flyer? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Scott Stapp. Can you make me a flyer? That's no, 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 no. That was a pretty good stuff. Scott Stapp right there. I like that. Oh, dude. Me, so Scott Stapp was like the inside joke in me and my, my like friend group growing up. And like we would always just be. <laughs> have you heard his song "Marlins Will Soar"? Oh, come on, have I ever? That was an aim and oh. favorite. Oh yeah, right yeah, there. yeah. You guys talked about it on the. Come on, yeah. Marlins, hear us soar. Let's play bullets game day. Crack. We want strikeouts, base hits, double plays. It, yes, it's a masterpiece, and I would just—I <laughs> I desperately want the Flyers <laughs> to have their own version of that. 
<laughs> Can you make me a flyer? And this, I have to give the shout out. I, I loved this tweet from a couple weeks ago. I, I forgot to incorporate it on the last show, but I wanted to make sure I got it in. This week from Twitter follower, come on, steal me. I And this came out of nowhere. And this was one of the best tweets I've seen directed at me in a hot minute. And I really enjoyed that. But uh, yeah, he said, not sure how much pull you have, but whether it be a trade, free agency, or draft, can one of the players sing... Can you make me a flyer? <laughs> In extreme Scott Stapp voice. And I, you know, sad to say I have zero pull inside the organization unless they're stealing my ideas. Blatantly. I don't know why. I don't know why either. I'm an ideas man. But I have zero pull. I cannot make this happen. Maybe Steph can make it happen or something. I will talk to her. She can hear this on the program because I do know that Steph listens and then try to implement it implement my plan right here and i just have to make sure it doesn't get attributed to kelly because i feel like every now and then i have an idea that (laughs) somehow gets attributed to kelly and i'm like but but it was my idea not that kelly's like fantastic (laughs) kelly's great but every now and then a steve idea does get attributed to kelly so let's make sure this one but this isn't my idea this come on steal me's idea who i mean i guess the it's right there in the statement come on steal me but it's I love it regardless. I love it regardless. Let's incorporate Scott Stapp into the Flyers free agency process right here. Yeah. Whenever anyone becomes a Flyer, perhaps it could be Goudreau, perhaps it could be Kadri, or or if you're uh, Sam Cargiti, Kadre, evidently. Kadre. Calls him Nazem Kadre. Yeah. So uh, um, if you're Nazem Kadre, then maybe when you uh, join the Flyers, it could be a situation of, uh, you know, you get serenaded <laughs> upon touchdown by uh, by uh, John Clark at the airport. Scroll one, two. Oh my God! The John Clark airport <laughs> a- airport ambush is one of the most obnoxious <laughs> Philadelphia athlete traditions. And like AJ Brown, I think he just wanted to turn right around as soon as he saw John Clark in the airport waiting for him. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like kind of funny. Though, like, I love because he's always there, and like, I don't know how he finds that information. How does he oh, figure he, out what flight he's on? Like, he, when he he's definitely landing? slips some money to a guy. Like, he's definitely got a guy at the airport that he slips like I don't know fifty bucks to every now and then. Yeah, John Clark, man, I don't know how he does it. He's wild. He's wild, and uh, I, maybe he has a room at the like. He must have like a permanent suite at one of the, the airport hotels. Yeah. Like he's just ready yeah, to go. That's know. actually where he sleeps is in an airport hotel. And he just bolts up as soon as a free agent is signed or a trade is made. And he's like, I have to ambush this man. <laughs> what airport is, this is so random. I was thinking about this like earlier today, actually. What airport is it that has like a hotel or maybe it's a bunch of airports, a hotel like in literally in the ho- or the airport. Oh, I don't. It's know. Orlando. Oh, it is. Well, that that makes big. sense. Orlando has yeah. There, you can like come in and like in the big lobby area where I guess the commons area or whatever. There's like railings and you get a little balcony. Oh wow! A beautiful view of the airport <laughs> inside the airport. <laughs> it's like when you're at. Have you ever stayed at a Best Western? I've never done that. A no. Best Western is one of the freakiest hotels you can stay at because it has like. It has like balconies and like windows that open up on the inside of the hotel. Yeah. So you can look down it's... into the lobby. You can look down into the indoor pool area. And it's like, it, it's very weird. It's a very weird experience. It's it's like living in a biodome or something, but far yeah. worse. Yeah. 
Like, I, I guess I wouldn't hate it. It's just different. Definitely different. No, I'd hate I it. No, no. Isn't, isn't NBC Suites like that, too? I don't know. I've never been an NBC. NBC I'm saying NBC Suites. Like NBC. <laughs> regardless. NBC Suites. I've never stayed in NBC Suites before. Yeah, no, I haven't either. I, I remember seeing, like, a commercial back when I was a kid. And for some reason, they would play NBC Suites commercials on, like, Nickelodeon for no reason. Because um, kids, can, <laughs> kids can get hotel rooms. Yeah, they can book a hotel. It's fine. Just steal your parents' credit know, card, the kids. Problem. Yeah, that's all you have to do. And so, like, they showed it. And I remember it showed, like, this kid in, like, this biodome-looking-ass place. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, that's that's wild. So much biodome on this without any mention of Polly Shore at all. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know who that is. You don't know who Polly Shore is? No. Am I old or are you just weird? I don't know. I have no idea who that is. It could be both. Polly Shore. Polly Shore. Have you ever have you ever heard of Encino Man? Uh, um, Biodome. Uh, son-in-law. I don't. In the army now. None of it's ringing a bell. Oh my god. Polly Shore is one of the uh, biggest comedic stars of the '90s. For and he, his movies are are pretty terrible for the most part. <laughs> but like he, he says stuff like. Hey, I'm the whistle and <laughs> things like that. And <laughs> he's just a weird dude. And I can't believe you have no idea who this is. The whistle. I. Oh, he's in a movie with Brendan Fraser. It appears. Yes, it's Tino Man. Oh, that's it. Okay. Where Brendan Fraser plays a caveman who is unfrozen and has to hang out in California in the nineties. <laughs> and then who's, uh, who's fucking I believe Sean Astin's in that movie. Yeah. Is that Rudy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sean, Samwise Gamgee. Yeah. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, I think I, I if I if you're gonna watch one movie for the Polly Shore experience, and Sino Man is the one to do because it's probably the best one he's in, and he's not the star of that movie. Yeah. Because the movies he's the star of, like it, 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 think of it as a more annoying Adam Sandler. Actually I like Adam Sandler, but I don't like a lot of his more recent movies. But Adam Sandler, like in the regard of just like popping movies out like all the time and just right, kind of being yeah. like immature movies, things like that. Like he's kind of early nineties Adam Sandler. So I want to see this movie because the plot sounds like I would enjoy it. Like, you know, a caveman living in current times or whatever. Like that sounds funny to me. So there's that, there's that, but like I looked up and I'm still going to like definitely try and watch it. But I looked at the critical response, like the reception on its Wikipedia page. Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 17% on reviews from 35 critics with an average rating of 3.5 out of 10. Let's, let's put it this way. I don't think <laughs> comedies in general don't get good they never do reviews well. on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. They just do not. And this is a, a very stupid early 90s comedy. Okay, yeah. so this is like, uh, this is a, a, this is critic hell right here. Okay, critics do not care for this kind of shit. I'm not saying it's a great movie, but it's a very entertaining movie, and it's a, a nice time capsule back to the early 90s. Yeah, see, that's my thing. Like, I want, I feel like there aren't movies like that anymore, where they're like, they're not really good, but they're like fun and entertaining. Like, I don't know. Um, did you ever see, what was it? Um, the Internship with oh, wow. Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I've... 
I've seen bits and pieces of the internship. I've never quite sat through and watched all of it, but you know, yeah. I do enjoy a good Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson movie because Wedding Crashers. I don't think the movie was like, I don't think it was received very well, but it's like fun and it makes you feel good. It's like a fun, feel good movie. And like those movies, they're, they're extinct now. I feel like they never well, come they, out anymore. They do happen occasionally, but they're kind of just shuffled like directly to Netflix or Hulu and kind of just buried. And but, so I feel like there are movies that come out like that, but there, there need to be some lighter ones. Cause I feel like yeah. almost all of them try to have like some sort of a heavier meaning and try to be somewhat good. And I kind of just want some, I want some agree. Maybe I am arguing in favor of more modern day. Oh, I can't say more modern day, Adam Sandler, because hustle just came out and hustle was pretty good. So I don't even know what I'm talking about, but yeah, I still yeah, need to see me some stupid stuff. Hustle's yeah. really good. Yeah. I, I liked hustle a lot and I got to recognize. So I used to live in Roxborough and this is just a very, the minorest of spoilers for hustle. There are a couple scenes where, uh, the basketball tray, the basketball player that Sandler is training is running in Roxborough up the, the hills over there. And I was having flashbacks to almost puking on the hills of Roxborough. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. They're, they're, Roxboro Hills are intense. It is just one of the most, my calves have never been in sh- better shape than when I lived in Roxboro. It, it's like the San Francisco Hills may be slightly more forgiving than those, but they're, they're pretty bad. That sounds just terrible. Yeah. I would yeah. not enjoy that at all, <laughs> but he has to run up them in the movie. Who else? There was uh that reminds me of what's his name? Um, Sweetness, that old running back for the uh, for the Bears, Walter Payton. Walter Payton. Apparently, he used to run up hills like that, like over and over and over and over and over again. I saw like a like some documentary on him on NFL Network, and I was just like, "Damn, this guy was pretty fucking awesome." Oh yeah, he was one of the best. Just he running was... up hills. Yeah, that's a good way to work. I'm telling you, I've never been in better shape than when I lived in Roxborough. I was in great shape then. Not so much now in South Philly, where it's uh, pretty flat for the most part. Yeah. And a lot of concrete. Well, dude, I'll tell you what. Like, this is, I know we're, like, so off topic. But, like, I have been watching this video because I've been, like, trying to figure out a way to, like, just kind of mix up my cardio routine a little more. Like, I used to go for runs and, like, run a mile or whatever. And then, like, you know, that would be my cardio for the day. And turns out, walking, like is extremely efficient at like burning off like calories and, and fat and stuff, apparently like way more than people think. Like if you yeah. walk for 45 minutes, you're like doing yaman's work to, for your body. And I didn't know that. I thought it was just like, if you're walking, you're doing nothing, but no walk, walking's great for you. That's how, <laughs> that's how before he became a, a noted, a noted pedophile. Jared from Subway lost all the weight. Because <laughs> that was the commercial. I forgot Jared, all about him. Jared would walk back and forth from Subway and get a delicious Subway sandwich. I almost puked saying that phrase. But the walk to and from Subway and having the the low-calorie Subway meal, which just sounds like horseshit to me, was how Jared lost like 6,000 pounds or whatever he lost. You know, so <laughs> that was the story. 6,000 pounds, man. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> Wait, let's, let's see. Let's do the uh, the Siri challenge and see if Siri can tell us how much weight Jared Fogle lost. God damn it. God. Hey, Siri, how much weight did Jared Fogle lose? 
Ah, uh, I don't think my volume was up enough. You asshole. You do it again. <laughs> I'm gonna do it one more time. Or maybe I have to turn off Do Not Disturb. Let's see. Hey Siri, how much weight did Jared Fogle lose? <laughs> she didn't want to tell me, but he yeah, lost 245 see. pounds in a year. Let me see. Why won't she talk to you? I don't know. It doesn't Let matter. Let me see. Let me see. It doesn't matter. How do I even know? Hey Siri, how much weight oh did... <laughs> how much weight did Jared Fogle lose? Yeah, she's not talking to me either. What the fuck, Siri? I thought Siri's we had a friendship. Siri doesn't like us. She does not care for us. But uh, that, that that guy lost a lot of weight in a yeah, year, yeah. 245 pounds. And then he uh, ended up being a huge creep. Massive creep. Like, Massive creep. Like, like Hall of Fame creep. Like if there's a creep Hall of Fame, he's like... He's like the Wayne Gretzky at that Hall of Fame. Jesus Christ. There is a Creep Hall of Fame. I think it's called Prison. <laughs> Very true. They need to... Uh, yeah. No, it's... it's Yeah. How, yeah. He's in, is he in there for life? He should be. I fucking I hope he better I be. I don't know. <laughs> How did we get here? How did we get know. to this point? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh man, let's talk about the NHL. <laughs> yeah, awards, how do I we guess. make this? How do we do this? We can't really well, make a segue. For uh, this. There's no segue for this one, and uh, unlike the segue that Jared Fogel opted to not take the subway every <laughs> speaking day. Speaking of Christ. creeps, speaking Ugh. of creeps, speaking mustache, of creeps, let's talk mustaches. About. Scott Lawton has a mustache. Scott Lawton plays for the Flyers. Speaking but of Scott the Flyers, Lawton's not a creep. No, he's not, but he has a mustache. But Austin Matthews has a mustache. He does have a mustache. He just, that's where I thought you were going. I'm, no, sitting here, I'm sitting here, and you had it. You had it. You're like, speaking of creeps, let's talk about mustaches. Let's talk about Austin Matthews, who has a super creepy mustache. And they didn't get there. You went to it's, Scott Lawton. You were so close. It slipped right through my fingertips like it, sand. Right there. Right there. Austin Matthews, Very shave creepy. your mustache. It's creepy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. He shaved but his it. hairline's getting like out of hand too. I dude, with the mustache paired with his hairline, he needs to do something. <laughs> He's too busy scoring goals and harassing security guards late at night. <laughs> I don't dude, I don't care, man. He needs like he's he looks he looks creepy. He looks he, weird as hell. He honestly does look very creepy. Like, and I'm not even joking, he really like legitimately he looks like like a jock Beetlejuice almost. <laughs> jock Beetlejuice. <laughs> Like with that hairline, she totally does. Just, just Beetlejuice showing up in a Letterman jacket and crushing Bud Heavies. Yeah, if he was like, t- if Beetlejuice went out and got a tan and fixed up his, you know, his eyes, he'd look a bit like Austin Matthews. I got, I got a Photoshop the Beetlejuice suit onto Austin Matthews now. Dude. Have to do it. Like Jack Beetlejuice, they look the same. That's amazing. With that, with that hair, they have the same hairline. There's no difference. <laughs> hey, did you know I uh, scored sixty goals last year? <laughs> it's uh, it's creepy, dude. I don't I don't know. It, like if Beetlejuice had a mustache, oh man, it would be a spinning image. <laughs> so the easier Photoshop is the the Austin Matthews mustache onto Beetlejuice, probably. Yes, it's much easier. It'll probably take me like a minute as opposed to the full suit, which will take me a while. Who, who's that guy on uh, um, Matty Gosens? There's a, th- there's that dude on Twitter, Matty Gosens, who like like combines like players' faces. Have you, you've seen him before? 
I I don't know if I I think I've seen the the combined player faces and said why why yeah. are you doing this to me? He does it all the time, and like I need to get him to do that with Austin Matthews and Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's get that done. Let's make that happen. We need. I mean, it needs to happen. Oh my god, Austin Matthews. So Austin Matthews won the heart. Anyone was it the Ted Lindsay? And uh, yeah, Shard, which like we already knew, but right because he scored yeah. all the goals. He scored all the goals. A hell of a year for Austin Matthews. No one scored it. Not a lot of people know. No one scored a single goal in the NHL this year except for Austin Matthews. It's right? not talked about enough. That's really just incredible. Fun fact, kids. Fun fact. It was a hell of a year for Matthews. Yeah, though, but yeah, it was but cool. my question for you is. Do you think he was the guy who deserved the heart ultimately? Because you could really make a case for McDavid and you could make an incredible case for Shesterkin. See, I'm surprised McDavid didn't win it just because like, like I'm just kind of in a place now where I feel like McDavid's just going to win the heart every year now, unless like somehow Drysaddle gets it. Like, I feel like it comes down to Drysaddle and McDavid every single year. Because like the year he had was... Just, it was stupid. It was a stupid, like 123 points in 80 games. That's ridiculous. Like, it's how completely did he not, absurd. Yeah, like I'm, so, I'm shocked he didn't win the, the heart. Like I'm yeah, not I'm mad shocked Austin he didn't Matthews win. Also, won. yeah. I, I was nice for to have some variety, and again, right. a hell of a year for Austin Matthews and Shesterkin. Unfortunately, it's very difficult for a goaltender to win the heart. You know, uh, it, it doesn't happen very often. Right, yeah. But, I mean, he won the Vesna, so it's like fine. Like, he should have won the Vesna, honestly. But Yeah, yeah. Did you see TSN made a very awkward Photoshop where it was, I think it was TSN or Bar Down or something like that, where it was uh, it was Lundquist knighting Shesterkin as oh, passing that was of the creepy. torch thing. It was really weird. I didn't that like was, it. Yeah, I was like going to say something. I need to find that tweet. That was really weird. I didn't like that at all. I was watching that or seeing that. Is it Was it on the TSN Hockey Twitter? I think it might have been. Yeah, I saw it on the Insta, and it was just like I saw that and went, what is this? I don't Dude. understand. No, sir. I don't like it. And it was like animated, too. And like their faces looked all dead-eyed and fucking like they, they looked like the puppets from – Team America, World Police. Okay. <laughs> or like the Polar like Express. Yeah, it was like really creepy. I didn't like that at all. That freaked me out big time. All aboard the Polar Express with Henrik Lundqvist looking at you dead-eyed. Hey, Zeus. God, that was so weird. Let me see if I can find it again. <laughs> you look at that, I'll just run down some of these awards real quick. So, the Calder, most cider one, awesome player. That was awesome. The Norris. Kale McCarr won. Big controversy there. People wondering if it should have been Roman Yossi because Yossi had an incredible year. I think either guy was worthy. I'm not mad about it. And I also won 20 bucks off it. So that was nice. But, uh, you know, it, I, I totally see the case for the people who think that Yossi was robbed. I Yeah, I do too. Because, like, Yossi, like, he did have, a, like, a borderline historic season. And, like, I don't know. I thought he should have won. But, like, I'm not complaining about Kale McCarr because at the end of the day, like, I do... If the, like, all right, I don't know if this makes sense or not, but like Yossi had the better year, but like Makar is the best in the world. 
I guess no. McCarr, talent-wise, I think he's just the best defenseman that we've seen in a hot yeah. minute. He is just unbelievable. And there's a lot of great defensemen out there, don't get me wrong, but he is just transcendent. He is right. so good. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Yossi might not – like, he's probably not going to be able to replicate the season he had ever again. McCarr had an unbelievable season, and this is just the tip of the iceberg for him. You know. Oh, yeah. It feels like Makar – I guess that's the only reason I'm kind of pissed for Yossi is because it feels like Makar is going to win this for the next, like, six years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like watching Bergeron win Selkies, right? Like, so exactly. Bergeron won again this year, and, like, nobody cared at all because it's just expected at this point. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm surprised he won, honestly. I mean, just – like, I know he's still good, but I, I thought that it might have gone to, like, someone else. I, I, I still want to see a winger win the Selkie. Mark Stone is – well, I guess Mark Stone was hurt a lot yeah, this year, yeah, so you couldn't really give it to him this year. But Mark Stone, I think, has been worthy in past years. And uh, looking over at um, – oh, my God, who's the guy for Chicago who retired because of the allergy to the, the equipment? Uh, oh, Tate? Marion Hosa. Oh, Hosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hosa for years was considered one of the best defensive wingers and probably... Did he end up winning one? I don't think he did. Um, I can't remember. I don't think he did, mostly because Patrice Bergeron's been winning it for the past decade. Yeah. All I can remember... Like, the only Selkie winners that I remember, really, are Bergeron and Couturier, of course. And I think Barkov may have won once, but... Did O'Reilly get in there at one point? Oh, I think you're right. I think he did. I'm going to look up Selkie winners by year. But yeah, Bergeron won again. And it's just like, okay, great. Retire. How many? Retire already. Oh, God, I found it. It was Bleacher Report. That's who it was. Uh, It was Bleacher Report. Okay. So I don't follow Bleacher Report directly, but I do follow the the NHL and TNT account. And they're like partners. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. God, this is creepy as fuck. (laughs) I don't like it at all. Like, their heads are too big for their bodies. And, like, ugh. And it's so elaborate. Do we really need to see a knighting procedure with a goaltending stick with a goal? We really didn't. Like, oh, God. Yeah, that's a really creepy thing. Just Bleacher Report does some weird shit sometimes. They do some weird shit a lot. Yeah, that's for sure. Was it them who did the, the Team USA thing with, like, the women's soccer team and then, like, fucking Iron Man? And Will Smith. Do you remember that? Oh, I don't think I do. But, dude, they do these, like, weird Avengers photoshops, like, all the time with these guys now. And they're always just terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Or Justice League or something. like. Oh, and I have the uh, Selkie winners for the past few years. So, uh, Bergeron, Barkoff, Couturier, O'Reilly. So, Bergeron hasn't won one in a hot minute, actually. He hasn't won one since 2017. Kopitar had it in 2018. Kopitar had it in 2016, Bergeron in 15 and 14, Taves in 13, Bergeron in 12, then Kessler in 11, three years of Datsuk before that, and Rod the Bod in 06 and 07. Rod the fucking Bod, baby. That was a defensive hockey player right there. Should have had to see instead of Eric Lindros. Am I right? I'll hang up and listen, Angelo. (laughs) That was the argument back in the day. That was like... You know how it's been with Giroux for the past few years? Like, ah, oh, if you take away the C, he'll score more. Because leader... people used to do that with uh, Lindros, where, like, if you give Rob Brendan more the C, Lindros will just have all the pressure off him and magically right. score more and not get concussed by 30 hits to the head. Okay, so I just sent you this this thing of the women's soccer team. 
I hate oh. to go back to this, but like I no, can't no, no, believe. No, no, fine. I'll talk I can't believe you don't know what this is. So what the, the fuck? Women... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember okay. this. Okay, oh, this is all bad. right. This is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen in my like. Why is Taylor Swift, Will Ferrell, Miley Cyrus, Will Smith, Iron Man, Tom Cruise in Top Gun, <laughs> Captain Marvel? Oh my god, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Zach Ertz? Yeah. That is Zach Ertz. I guess because his wife was on the team. Angelina Jolie. Oh my god. The the guys from Modern Family. The, the Actually, the entire Modern Family. LeBron James. Why is he? He's a basketball player. This is so weird. Zach Efron. And then they have Steve Carell as... What's his face from The Office? Michael Scott. Yeah, Michael Scott's there. And then... Friends. Fucking, All the of the kids, friends. One of the kids from... Uh, What's it called? Stranger, Stranger Things. things in there. It's like, Two of the, the kids from Stranger Things. And uh, what's it called? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, right in the middle. Okay. Yeah. So weird. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I forgot Continue. about this. I totally forgot about this. And this thing is so weird. It's one of the weirdest decisions that anybody has ever made. But that one's like a <laughs> painting. That's not even a Photoshop. That's a full-on painting. Oh, yeah. They had like – that was like a – that took time and effort to do that. Yeah. That, that's the kind of art you see – in a coffee shop for sale for 20 bucks. And you're like, that's a little steep. Yeah. Is that Baker Mayfield? <laughs> Baker, May- Baker that's Mayfield. Baker fucking Mayfield. Ooh, the that has to quarterback be for the Cleveland Browns. The guy next to Simone Biles. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's Baker Mayfield. Stupid. Oh my wow. God. Why that's did somebody, weird. the funniest one I think is Iron Man though, because like he's the only one with a non-human face just <laughs> sitting there. It's, it's not even Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man in the suit or something. It's the actual Iron Man mask down over Robert Downey Jr.'s face. Yeah. So yeah. weird. It's very strange. I don't And then some understand. of these people, I don't even know who they are. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple people I didn't. I know, I probably knew, I probably knew like 90% of the painting that they made there, but still very, very strange. Yeah. I don't know what that's all about, but. I don't know all what right, that's so back, all about. Let's write the ship. We'll write the ship. Get back on topic. I don't even yeah. remember what we were talking I just want to buzz through. The, we were talking about awards. Let's just go oh, buzz yeah, yeah, through yeah. the rest of them. We got the most important award in the world, the Lady Bing. I still oh, yeah. don't understand why we have to give this out. Kyle Connor got it. Great for him. Masterton <laughs> went to Carrie Price. Uh, Well-deserved because Carrie Price has been through just an awful, awful year. So, you know, nice to see him get the NHL's strangest trophy. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Jennings went to Anderson and Ranta from the Hurricanes because they let up the least amount of goals. Big surprise there. Uh, the Kid Clancy Award for Best Humanitarian went to P.K. Subban, who, uh, it, again, <laughs> somebody who, much like Nazem Kadri, I have trouble pronouncing because it's always Subban. And I always say Subban because that's just how my brain thinks it should be pronounced. And it's like, right. no, 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 it's Subban. It's like, okay, I got to think Canadian with this. And Clearly, this award was granted for his work on Jackass Forever, shooting toxic guys nuts. <laughs> that is possibly one of the best highlights of his hockey career. <laughs> it truly is. And look, P.K. Subban is actually a, a great humanitarian. He's yeah, one of the best. Awesome. I, I'm excited for him to retire just because he's going to be such a great representative of the game out in the yeah, media. He's yeah. going to be a great media presence. He'll I think on ESPN, just, like definitely. <laughs> 
I hope he takes over as like lead analyst immediately because they desperately need to rework their entire structure. I'm glad the ratings are up, but I really need ESPN to pick up the game next season. TNT absolutely crushed it. Yeah, they're doing ESPN awesome. needs all the help they can get. So PK, please retire and go be a great ambassador for the game. Yeah. I'm ex- like part of me just like I love PK Saban and I like watching him play even though he's like not really that good anymore. Like I still enjoy him like as a player, but part of me is also counting down the days for that exact reason. Like I want him to like he would be so much if you think he's fun to watch on the ice, he'd be even more fun to watch in the studio. So, yeah. In fact, can they just steal the exact formatting for the TNT show for ESPN with Subban and I guess find some other fun guys because Messier and Chelios they ain't it. They, they suck. Ain't it. Like, they're, they're like I know they're legends but like no one wants to see legends. People want to be entertained. We don't care about the X's and O's. See and TNT though has a legend. They have the best of all time. They have Wayne Gretzky right. and they have fun with them. They do a great He's, job. And exactly. I'm loath to admit this. A big part of that is because of Biz Nasty. And I know, you know, people really do not like Paul Bissonnette and for good reason, but he's good on that show. He and is. he is a good media presence and he adds this just goofball factor that takes that show up another notch. When and he's surrounded by adults, it's like awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, he's he's not Charles Barkley. It's funny because Charles Barkley is actually better on these NHL broadcasts than a lot of the guys they bring in too. Yeah, but you know, he's not quite Charles Barkley, but he uh, he does a uh, he does good work on there. But it's yeah, yeah, exactly. But up your game, ESPN. Uh, sign PK Subban now, Tom Brady style beforehand. <laughs> you know who would be a blast with PK Subban on like a studio ESPN show? Fucking Scott Hartnell. Oh yeah. Hartnell awesome. in the studio is good. I like Hartnell in the studio. It's it's Hartnell in the <laughs> color oh, commentary. Yes. I don't oh, like yeah, so yeah. much. He's not very good there. But in the studio, I think he's great. Continue with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Him and PK would be great. Yeah. I would watch that. I'd absolutely watch that. Now, the Jack Adams. Daryl Sutter. Not a big surprise there. The Flames really upped their game this past season until they hit the playoffs where they folded very terribly to the Oilers. How about that? Mark Messier Leadership Award. I think that's a new one this year. Went to Anze Kopitar. And my question is, how can a man with such good hair get a notoriously bald man's award? That's a great thought. Huh. <laughs> what if what if this award ends up being like the kiss of death for one's hair? Like, what Oh, if no! You, what if when you win the Mark Messier leadership award all of a sudden your hair just starts falling out like if we if that's what happens like if Andre Kopitar starts next season with like a suspiciously short hairdo we know what's going on they they hand you the award and somebody whispers into your ear balder <laughs> kiss your days with hair goodbye big boy oh uh, uh, poor, poor Anze uh, R.I.P.D. to his hair in advance right there yeah and finally, the Willie O'Ree Community Award went to Noel Acton from Baltimore. And I just love recognizing people in the community for their work in hockey. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That was that was my favorite award that was given out that night. So that was really cool to see. It was really cool to see. Now, folks, it's the time we've all been waiting for. Taking it to the beats. <laughs> Taking it to the beats. And we're taking it to a different beat this week. We got a little bit of Slam and Sammy takes in here to address but we got to take it 
up to New York City, the only place you can get pizza and bagels in the world, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I've never had a bagel in my life. Never, because you haven't been to New York City. Yeah. Yeah. But looking at this, so Larry Brooks uh, from, I believe, the New York Post, right? Uh, He's been there forever. He covers the Rangers. Goes by NYP Brooksy. So, of course, he's with the Post because it's NYP Brooksy. But Larry Brooks, who's just been around for quite a... He's been, it's been a while since been he while. has been... Since he had his start in the league. And notorious... Uh, John Tortorella hated Larry Brooks when he was up there with the Rangers. So, that really will give you uh, an appraisal on if you like Brooks or if you like Torts, based on that opinion right there. But... Brooks went and did not vote in the NHL awards this year. And (laughs) at first we were all kind of like, why didn't this old pro vote? I don't really understand. Was it a protest thing? Was he just lazy? I don't understand because he can't vote next year. And I don't know if it's a permanent thing, if he just can't vote moving forward or what, but he ended up having this tweet that says three or four days before the ballots were due. I notified Frank Saravalli that I would not participate in the voting due to a, a lack of league wide playoff media regulations that would facilitate access to players and B masking regulations that seemed absurd. <laughs> so bud, tell me because you couldn't, you couldn't put a little piece of, you couldn't put a little, little old mask on your face to interview players that you weren't going to vote? Really? Really? Just full diaper over having to wear just a tiny little mask right now. You wear, a Surgical mask, my friend, is like barely anything. I really... <laughs> obviously, I'm big, I, as somebody who said, wear your damn mask about 600 every times week. on this podcast. Yeah. Every week during the pandemic until recently when, you know, pe- I just people just given up, so I don't care anymore. But I wear it myself. Whatever. But anyway... Uh, just big, big babies about wearing this mask. And Larry Brooks like, oh, boo-hoo, I can't talk to the players if I have to not put my COVID germs in their face. Like, get over yourself, my man. Get over yourself. Yeah, no, I mean, he, this guy's been in this for how long now? Like, decades, easily. Like, dude, everyone's going through the same shit. Just put on a goddamn mask. It's not hard. Like, I can't stand people who act like putting on a mask is the most difficult thing they'll ever have to go through. It's like, are you kidding? Like, I, I don't know. It, it just, it, it infuriates me talking about it. Cause it's so simple. And it's like, yeah, is it slightly uncomfortable for like two seconds? And then you get used to it. You're fine. Right, right. Like what is wrong with you? Oh my God. Just like big grumpy old man energy right here from Larry Brooks. So, so sorry that you don't get to vote next year. And oh, I guess your MVP vote for Shesterkin didn't go in this year. So oh, real shame. Sad. Sad. Yeah. Hate to see it. I'm assuming the Rangers beat would have voted for Shesterkin for MVP. Oh yeah. I'm sure they would have. It would have been funny if Shesterkin didn't get the Vesna because of like one or two votes because of that. I'm honestly, I so I just thought of something. Maybe the reason, because I know that like it's the journalists that vote for Hart. Um, I wonder if like part of the reason Austin Matthews won the Hart is because like so many hockey writers are from Toronto. Oh, this one goes straight to the top. You know what I mean? Like I kind of feel because like if he was if Austin Matthews had the same exact season he had, but he was playing for the Coyotes, would he have won the Hart? I mean, it's certainly, well, number one, I don't think anybody from the Coyotes ever went in the heart. No. But number two, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, it certainly, you know, had a little bit of sway right there. 
And I, I honestly, I think a lot of it was McDavid fatigue. I think people were just tired of seeing McDavid win it every year. He's probably going to win it every other year for the rest of his career because he's that's that goddamn good. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I don't know. That made me think about it when you mentioned, you know, the New York writers voting for Shesterkin. I was like, hey, wait a minute. Maybe that's what happened with Austin Matthews. Not yeah, to discredit yeah, his think. season. He had a great season, but like, I don't know. Maybe I'm, this is just me galaxy braiding tinfoil hatting right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Larry Brooks, so we'll go straight the to the up, top. Put on a mask. If you put on a goddamn mask, you could have voted for your goalie, and you didn't. So go somewhere else. <laughs> put the uh, what's it called? Uh, Curb your enthusiasm music in the background. Now, for the next part of taking it to the beats, now it's Slam and Sammy time. Now it's time <laughs> for Sam Carcitti. And this one, you know, this is just a, a mild Sam Carcitti one here. This is not a scathing, there's no, you know, Thanos snap text uh, photoshops that he's made into national news. None of that. It's just a, it's just a regular old Sam, Slam and Sammy slam right here. <laughs> but uh, Logan sent this my way, and uh, the, the tweet says... When the flyer, okay, so somebody, I guess he put his choices for next captain, and somebody replied to him and said, Atkinson should be captain, Coots is G2.0. And Sam retweeted that, and or did the quote tweet, and he said, when the flyers are making mistakes, Coots is a lot more critical of the team than G. He's not politically correct, which is a good thing. <laughs> That's just the weird, first- like... like- yeah, the, the first part of this is fun, right? Like, Coots is a lot more critical of the team than G. That's great insider knowledge. That's the kind of stuff that Sam should be putting out there. The yeah. politically correct thing's really weird. Like, is he saying, like, hey, get your dresses off, girls, and uh, get back to being men on the hockey rink? Yeah, and it's like, it's almost as if, I don't know. I don't want to make any assumptions. It's like Sam is one of those old people who's like, oh, the PC police. And Sam is a hundred percent that kind of guy. I'm sure he is, but like, like I don't like I don't want to because I don't know this person personally. So like, I'm I don't basing wanna... this just off of the Sam Carcini Twitter that he's yeah. like this. Yeah, no, I mean you're right. Yeah, and the fact that he's like a hundred years old, but like still, it's like, yeah, it's pretty clear what he's. It's almost as if he's like speaking like about. Like he loves like non political correctness and it's just like what do you what do you try to say here, Sammy? Huh? What what, you, what else he got to say? Let it all out. Like there's clearly more he wanted to put out there. And I I, oh, I, yeah. I don't know. It's just like the politically correct thing is such a weird thing to put in there. That was like, he, all he has to do. The the tweet is perfect when he says when the Flyers are making mistakes, Coots is a lot more critical of the team than G. That's literally all he had to put in there. And right. It's like weird. And plus being critical of the team what does that have to do with political correctness at all? I don't I think like literally he meant politically correct and I could be wrong here, but my interpretation is that he meant politically correct more in the way of saying like, he'll just publicly call guys out for it. Like, Hey, why were you a sack of shit out there last night? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And not like, again, not just like, I don't know, being like old fashioned and calling guys like uh, wusses and stuff like yeah, this is the nice yeah, terms yeah. I'm using right here. Yeah, but I think everybody is getting my gist here. Yeah, yeah, I, that that could have been what he meant, but I don't know. Still, very odd language in that tweet. 
And that's a slam and Sammy classic right there is to put the oddest <laughs> language and make you question the tweet. And it's like you were so close to having it right. Again, you should just take a, a page out of the Wayne Fish book and take three <laughs> days to respond and get it just uh, nice and simple and correct. I just love that his name's Wayne Fish. Like, that's so funny to me that his last name is Fish. <laughs> like, I don't know why that's so funny, but it is. It's like, what's your last name? Oh, Fish. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> what kind of fish? I, I, uh, Tuna? You know, just a regular fish. Just a regular ass fish. I, I just really like that when Wayne Fish has this classic, like, <laughs> he'll tweet about the goal happening, like, four minutes after it happened in the game. We'll we have this oh, little yeah. fish emoji that we use in the Slack for it because we just love it so much. So I don't even follow Wayne Fish on Twitter. I need to see what this guy's all about. Clearly this is some good Oh, he's not even verified. Not even verified. No. Oh, flyingfishhockey.com. Yep. Yep. And he's credentialed, this person? Oh, yeah. Wayne Fish has been around a long time with the Flyers. Wow. My... My ex-girlfriend actually did, like, a journalism, like, shadowing day with him where she followed him around on the Flyers beat for a day back. And it, she's around the same age as me. So she did this, I think, <laughs> in high school. So back around the year 2000. So he's been doing this 20 plus years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to follow this guy. Like, ironically. No, Wayne Fish, come on. You got to follow him. He gets everything right two hours later. <laughs> well, it's better than just, you know, I suppose it's better than just flat out making bullshit up. So credit to him in that department. <laughs> exactly. And you have to respect the, I was going to say the hustle, but is it hustle when he's taking It's not his quite hustle. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't quite call that hustle. It's a Sandler's next Philly movie is not quite hustle. The Wayne <laughs> <Yeah>. Fish story. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, now folks is i'm i'm very happy to come to this part because i've been dying to do this since last week which is this is very dumb but it's torts time (laughs) (laughs) i've been just thinking about the stupid tim allen home improvement noise for torts time for a week now because i am (laughs) five years old and stuck in the year 1996 what was the name of the show tool time Tool Time, which was the show, the actual show on ABC was Home Improvement, but the show within a show was Tool Time. Yeah, it was Tool Time, yeah. And then you had fucking neighbor. Yeah, yeah, Wilson, who you only just saw the top of his head. Yeah. Apparently, (laughs) Tim Allen and Richard Karn, who played Al on the show, have some sort of show where they, like, I don't know, challenge people to do home improvement projects or some shit. I'm not quite sure what is made out of it, but it's clearly just capitalizing on a 30-year-old sitcom. I feel like, yeah, I don't don't know. I I, I feel like I need to watch more of these 30-year-old sitcoms to (laughs) truly get the, truly understand the bit that's happening. I feel like you need to watch that just to understand me, because this is my entire life was formed by just the dumbest shit in the world. (laughs) 
You know what I have, I'm thinking okay. about? Like, I, I have another so, out-of-context thing for you to watch in regards to that for a future episode, and I'm excited for it. But I'm going to jo- just jot this down for future reference. I, I can't know what it is? No, no. I don't, don't want you don't to know me. it all yeah, don't until... Like, I, I literally want you to watch this either the night before or, like, five minutes before we record next time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That sounds perfect. I'll do that. Yes. Um, also, I was just thinking, like, so we were talking about how, like, you know, in Home Improvement, he has, like, that neighbor that just, like, peeks over the fence and you just see his head. Wilson. And Wilson. And then, do you remember Clarissa explains it all? How could I forget it? Then you remember that creepy guy with the ladder who just like climb into her window? <laughs> What's yeah, with these sitcoms and having these creepy people just like peeking over the it, fence and like and then climbing I into your in window? In the 90s, like this is like what people thought was just common was because I think yeah. Dawson's Creek did a similar thing too, where uh, Katie Holmes would just like come into Dawson's window and just hang out. And like, that was just a thing that people thought was acceptable was to just barge into your neighbor. Cause Urkel would always just come in to Carl Winslow's house on family matters. Just be like, Hey oh, yeah. neighbors. Did I do that? <laughs> Back when you could leave your doors unlocked and it's, you know, you can do in all Chicago. that stuff. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Of course. I don't think they were ever doing that in Chicago, but not let's not just anymore. say Urkel invented something because you could never do that in Chicago. Never. Of course. Absolutely no. Never. Um, whatever happened to responsibility? Never mind. I'm not going to sing. Responsibility. Milk made the paperwork. I have a whole bit I could get into just on the theme song. I might, we might even just have to do an entire episode where I just show Ryan 90s sitcoms and we discuss. That might just be a summer episode. It's the 90s sitcom (laughs) discussion because I have a lot of things to talk about. It's weird because like technically I'm a 90s kid. Like I was born in 93. But like I don't like a but lot you were of the too fit, young. Like, you were watching Nicktoons until you were Exactly. You know, like I remember nineties Nickelodeon. X-Age. Yeah. I remember nineties Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network and like like some nineties stuff, but I don't remember like the nineties sitcoms. Cause like what kind of six year old watches sitcoms? Right. Well, because I was born in eighty four, so right. yeah. for me so it made sense I for remember eighties cartoons, but I don't remember like 80s sitcoms that well yeah i yeah. remember some of the stuff from maybe the late 80s but not, nothing from like the early 80s or when i was born yeah yeah but the 90s sitcoms are a special breed they're very weird but regardless tim allen on home improvement this is before we knew tim allen was a kind of a right-wing shitbag but whatever and uh, we always know he loved cocaine back in the 80s because he got busted for it but i digress but i love the noise he makes on the show where he goes, Ugh. It's such a weird one. So I would like to use that for torts time because now it is torts time. And he had his <laughs> intro press conference last week. And I got to say early on, he's uh, saying a lot of the right stuff. He's talking about just like, well, it's the Philadelphia Flyers. You take the job. You know, he seemed really jazzed to be part of this organization. He took a picture with Bernie Perrant. He looked really like giddy to be taking a picture with Bernie. Like, I don't he, know, he seems pretty happy. He, like, I gotta say, his first, pr- his presser, media availability, whatever it was, like, he he was saying a lot of the right stuff, and I feel like, at the end of the day, like, and I think we said this in our last episode, like, I don't know how long this is gonna last. I mean, he's, I definitely think he's gonna be the fly, it's not gonna be a Canucks situation, I don't think, where he's the coach for one year. Like, this is, a, like, it's a four-year contract, and it sounds like they're paying him pretty handsomely. So I feel like he's going to be here for at least a few years. 
And with him, I feel like they're not bringing him here to win the Stanley Cup. Like, if they win the Stanley Cup, great. That's awesome. But in his presser, he even said, we're not going to be winning a Stanley Cup next year, more than likely. Like, so get that get that out of your head. The Flyers hired him to change the culture of the locker room, I think. And I think just about everyone can agree that that's probably what the team needs right now, you know? And, like, if, the, if next season, if they're, you know, a bottom 10, bottom 15 team, cool, whatever. Cool. I'm I'm fine with that. Because like do I I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna be bad, I'd prefer them to, you know, be so bad that they get um Connor Bedard. But like regardless of what ends up happening, I feel like the team needs a culture change. And if there's one coach that's going to absolutely change the culture of a locker room for the better, it's definitely gonna be Torres. He's done it many times before. And I don't know. I, I, I don't hate it. And everything he was saying in his presser made me really think like, wow, this guy's about to take command of the locker room. And the team, one of the key things he said is that he wants the team to be harder to play against, which like all his teams for the most part have kind of fit that mold. Um, and I don't know. I, I'm, exci- I'm excited to see what's happening here. I don't, a lot of people are acting like the Torts hire is like the worst thing ever and that the Flyers are just a train wreck. I'm like, what the fuck you like? No, he's he's a good coach. He's proven to be a good coach. The the only thing with him is that like games might be well, I shouldn't say might be. They're they're gonna be a little more boring because his his systems like not like it's not a John Cooper system where it's fun and there's a ton of goals. Like, but he's a good coach, and the Flyers are going to be better with him behind the bench, and hopefully he can change the culture enough to where it sticks even after he's done being the Flyers head coach. Blow it for Bedard, baby. I'm all about it. Now, as far as Torts goes, I I was pretty, I don't know, dismayed by the hire before last week. I really thought it was just such a, like, you want to talk about retread? This is like the king of all retreads right here. And I've come around on it a little bit, and it's more, I kind of buckled in for the, like, all right, listen, this is going to be a fun adventure with the media at the very least. And he's an interesting guy. He's a likable guy. Even if uh, some people seem to think he's going to ruin all the young players because he's such a hard ass and everything. He has, I feel like he has like calmed down a little bit over the years, but he certainly, you know, still has some fieriness in him. But, you know, he seems pretty jazzed to be a head coach of the Flyers and Fuck it at this point. Why not? Let's embrace it. Let's get into it because I don't know, man. Like it's, it's what we have and it's what we'll be watching. And, uh, that's going to be our flyers hockey. Here's my thing. Like a lot of people are bummed that the flyers didn't go out and bring in some sort of like, like really, really progressive head coach. That's going to make the flyers fun and good immediately. The odds of them finding that guy and hiring that guy are so slim and, like, even if they were to hire that guy, the Flyers aren't talented enough right now to play that kind of hockey, you know? And at least with Torts, the, the players don't need to be all that flashy to create a good team under Tortorella. Tortorella, like, his teams aren't, are never flashy. And the Flyers... They don't have anyone that's flashy enough on the team that would work with a coach that would have a system that's a little more fun to watch. So 
right now I feel like this is the best fit. And I know that the Flyers have said that all the time. Like, we're looking for the right fit. We think he's the right fit. I kind of agree. I feel like he's the right fit for what the team is right now. And I feel like that's going to have to stay that way until, you know, they need to bring in high-end talent. They need to draft high-end talent. And until that happens, um, playing hard-nosed hockey is just the way it's going to have to be. Because they just don't have enough skill in the lineup at all. I'm just really glad the Flyers didn't go with apparently one of the finalists that was reported, Jack Capuano. I can't believe he was listed as one of the finalists out there. I didn't know this guy was still involved in the NHL. I thought he was operating a car wash somewhere. He looks like (laughs) the kind of guy who should be operating a car wash somewhere. Who else was a finalist? Dan Quinn? Or Dan Qu- David Quinn. I did this last week too. I go no, I thought um, I thought Pete DeBoer was one of the finalists. I could be wrong there. Oh yeah, I think I saw that too. Yeah, it was reported. Which again, like, too. I mean, you know Pete DeBoer a little bit more than me from covering the Knights, but it seems like a real snoozer to me. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's not a bad. He's taken a couple teams to the cup before, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. He 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 wouldn't work with the Flyers. I don't think. The, the player, like he, like I said, the Flyers need a cultural remodel, and DeBoer's not someone, I think, who would kind of spearhead that operation. Yeah. And to quickly comment on the cultural remodel, it's, you know, this is the time if you are going to do that, because Drew is gone. This is part of why I'm kind of supportive of Drew not coming back. Believe me, I love G. He is an all-time flyer. Yeah. But I think it was clearly time for both parties to move on to greener pastures and try something new because, yeah, we've been doing the same dance for years now. And I think it's better for Claude's career if he gets these opportunities to win the cup, go where he wants to go. Yeah. And he's not going to win it here. N- yeah. And the Flyers need to form a new identity. It's that simple. They really do need to form a new identity and hopefully get with some modern hockey. But I'm not holding my breath on that front. Yeah, not a Broad Street Bullies mentality. That's not what we want. We want a good hockey team. And in the year 2022, Broad Street Bully model doesn't work. So what I'm hoping happens is they bring in more, like I said, more elite, like high-end skill and high-end talent and just go from there. And that's why I really, really would love to see Danny Briere be the GM because I feel like he was that guy. He was that guy back in the day. And with him as GM, I feel like he would have a much better, a keener eye as to, or a better nose to finding those types of players to bring in. So I, I don't know. That's that's so far down the road. But again, I don't hate Tortorella at all. I for what the Flyers are right now, I like the hire. And at the very least, even if the Flyers suck ass, it's <laughs> gonna be fun. It's going to be fun with Torts because he's just going to be so shitty to everyone in the media. And not like – it's not because he hates the media. It's because it's like he uses the media as like like a – like part of – I, I don't it's know. It's hard to explain. Yeah, he uses it as a tool for his own benefit with the players. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be a, a ton of fun even if the Flyers are total garbage. He's definitely going to tell off Sammy or Mike Sealski at some point, and that'll be hilarious. Oh, it's going to be very, very funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that at the very least. But that'll be interesting. And we've, you know, 
given you a lot of our takes on this, but I wanted to hear from some of you, the listeners, to see how you were feeling about this. So I solicited some questions on Twitter and Instagram, got a few responses. So thank you all for people who did respond. Some of these responses are um, interesting, including this first one from Aaron Quigley, who said the animals he's taking care of hostage pets from previous teams. That's why no players speak ill of him. Come November, you'll stop seeing pictures of Konechny's little rat dog. You'll know why. <laughs> Whoa, wow. Interesting. Okay. It's um, a, your, your brother from another mother with some I was about uh, to say, words this right another, it's another Quigley out there. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. um, God, I don't know exactly. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> wish that had been delivered in like a ransom note style with magazine yeah, really. letters, just all in different fonts and everything. Jesus. <laughs> oh. I don't know what, yeah, I don't know. I can't really say much about that one. Yeah, it's but. an interesting, it's an interesting response right there. But, uh, but RIPD to connect these little rat dog, apparently. So, all right. The rat dog. Next the up. The get... taking care of. Uh, let he's me read this again. Kidnapping them. The animals he's taking care of, hostage pets from previous teams. That's why no players speak ill of him. Come November, you'll stop seeing pictures of Konechny's little rat dog. You'll know why. <laughs> I don't know. Hostage pets. Yeah. <laughs> I. You know what? I love the enthusiasm in this tweet, though. You just call the Flyers the hostage pet shop, boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's their new nickname. Next up, we got Devin S 93 who said, gosh darn it, I like him. Gosh Dude. darn it, people like him. See, that's kind of like the basic reaction I feel like a lot of people had. Like when he had his first presser or media availability or whatever. Some pe- I, don't, I don't know. But um, like when he had his first thing, a lot of people went into it thinking like, oh, God, I hope he like I hope he kind of solidifies my reasoning for not liking him. And I hope it sucks. But then he said all the right things. And I could see it on Twitter while it was happening. Everyone was just like, damn, like. I kind of like this guy. <laughs> so like that's yeah, that's kind of the general uh, reaction. I feel like I saw a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I feel like it won a lot of people over with that initial presser. I'm just going to go with presser on that because why not? Yeah. Even though it looked like he was the president of the Flyers uh, addressing with us the from piano? the office. Yeah, The piano behind him. It was a classy setup. I've seen a lot of people's bookshelves in the past two years. And it was this was like one of the classiest setups I've seen. Yeah, this is good. Probably. This is much better than like. Giants GM Dave Gettleman's like house where he, like I, I remember just it being a weird situation. I forget if there were boxes in the background or something like the GMs had very weird situations during that virtual yeah. NFL draft. <laughs> the, remember the wait, you said the are you talking about the NHL draft? No, no, no. The NFL, I think the first okay, yeah, COVID yeah. draft they had was uh, all virtual. OK, yeah, because I was going to say, I remember Goodell's house was like super weird. He had like the fireplace going. It was very Oh odd. yeah, Goodell definitely had set up for that. He's like, "Oh yeah, we got to have the fireplace going. It's got to look real classy for these people." Yeah. South of Kevin said, cautiously optimistic. He seems genuinely excited to coach this team, not just the normal platitudinal coach BS. That said, if when it goes wrong, it's going to be a total train wreck. If he gets this team going, though, insert a classic sports are bad Oh, baby here. So we could just throw that in there. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, baby. 
There we okay. go. Yeah, I'm I'm with the cautious optimism here. Yeah. Next like, up, we had. Oh, well, go ahead. No, I, I just, by all means, sir. Yeah, sorry. I just want to say, like, if it is a total train wreck, it's going to be funny. It's going to be hilarious. He's going to be blowing up all over the place. Like, it's going to be funny. And like, that was my a thing. funny like, joke. Yeah. <laughs> like at the end of it, if it does go so bad, it's at least going to make you laugh, you know? And that's why I feel better about this than if they hired like some other pleb. <laughs> there you go. Forget those plebs out there. That's what we're going with. Next up, we got Philly guy 0818. Matt Barnaby and Brandon Dubinsky hate him. That's enough of a selling point for me. I couldn't <laughs> agree with that more. I yeah, I saw those Dubinsky and Barnaby were going, oh, good luck, guys. Like, you guys sucked. Are you kidding me? That makes me yeah. excited. <laughs> Earlier on in the day, people were just like, fuck, this, this franchise is so fucked with torts at the helm. And then Brandon Dubinsky came out and was saying all this shit. And then they're like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> like, it was funny how it kind of worked, but... Yeah, Brandon Dubinsky, shut the fuck up. You're it, totally irrelevant. Yeah, that, that reminds me a lot of when Gritty debuted, because the first, like, hour of Gritty existing, <laughs> people in Philly were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, what, Are you it. shitting me? What is this? And then people started making fun of him from outside of Philly. And we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is our orange monster, okay? Back <laughs> exactly, up. Yeah. He's fucking awesome. Shut up. And now he's he's morphed into a cultural icon. He's a cultural icon that a small number of internal Flyers fans loathe. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I still love Gritty, but carry on. I love Gritty, too. I think most people love Gritty, except for the, the there's the a definite bully. percentage of Flyers. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The police guy's like, we don't need a fucking mascot. All right. Cool story, bro. <laughs> Above 1979, J.F. H. Silver said, Torts is a good coach. Lots of feel-good stories since his hiring, saying and doing all the right things. It's all lip service at this point. If the team responds at all is TBD. I'm sure the team will improve while Torts is here, which means another couple years of middle-of-the-road draft picks, which is not how you rebuild a team, what the Flyers should be focusing on. And yeah. I, I hear you there. I hear you. It definitely... It definitely does feel like a backwards move in regards to like not bottoming out and rebuilding totally. And because they've been trying this rebuild while not, you know, while staying competitive move for God, it feels like a decade at this point. It's not quite a decade, but it feels like a decade and it it certainly hasn't worked. But they kind of got me with some of the feel good stuff. I'll admit that. But they it does kind of distract from that. But this is just such a flyers move right here. Yeah, I think it was Charlie who said this on the flagship show. He basically said, like, Torts is almost, like, too good of a head coach because he's going to make the team better. Like, the team's not going to bottom out with him because that's just, I mean, that's not what happens when Torts is your coach. Like, he makes teams better um, even if they're dog shit, and he turns them into, like, semi-competent hockey teams. And, like, that's the one thing. Like, like, because I was very much on the tank for Bedard – bandwagon i was all for botting them out and like just completely tanking and that's definitely not happening now with him as the coach but at the same time it's 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 like a give and take because like on one hand yeah i feel like the flyers need a tank but at the same time they also need that cultural remodel that we talked about and i feel i don't hate them picking that over tanking because 
like we've talked about so many times, the draft is, it's lottery tickets. You never know, like, who you could end up getting. Um, every, Nolan Patrick. He was suppo- he was the gen- like the general consensus number one overall pick for like two years leading up to the draft, and then he goes number two to the Flyers, and then of course we know what happened after that. The people picked immediately after Nolan Patrick end up being fucking amazing. So it's it's all it's all you know it's a guessing game. Sure, it's absolutely a guessing game, and it's I I totally get your frustration, uh, you know from the from the listener who responded, but at the same time it's like. I don't know. The Flyers weren't not going to hire a competitive coach, unfortunately. Yeah, and yeah. it's uh, it is what it is. And you know what? For for who he is, and a lot of the positive. And believe me, there's been a lot of positive spin. I've never seen Flyers PR make a move like they have before this. Just all the podcasts and and blog posts and you know all this stuff like really buttering up for the Torts move is just I've never quite seen a push like that. But at the same time, I you know. He is a pretty good coach, and it's going to be entertaining. I'm just leaning into it. Yeah. I feel like that's just kind of the mentality everyone should have. It's like, just just go with it, you know? And if it ends up being shitty, just laugh. He's going to, like, Torts will go off on people, and it'll be so fun. And if, worst case scenario, to me, the team ends up being good. <laughs> that's, like, yeah. kind of the worst case scenario for me. And it's, like, oh, it's oh, weird yeah. saying that. Slipping into the playoffs. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. He, yeah, because yeah. we know that if they were to slip into the playoffs, they're they're not going to the Stanley Cup. But you know what? No. Like, fuck it. Let's let's fucking roll. I'm I'm ready. So, uh, I can go with the flow. Next up, we have Puck Therapy. Who said, "I'm very confident Torts is going to get the most effort we've seen out of this team since the first time Wings and Pizza were allowed in the break room again." And I'm pretty sure he's still <laughs> going to be coaching the ghost of Ryan Ellis's groin parts. That's a medical term. <laughs> In all honesty, I think Tortorella has done a great job communicating, and he comes off as a guy who knows his strengths and limitations. I found his honesty refreshing. That said, if Fletcher doesn't give him the tools, there's only so much he can do, which is very true. Right. And there's a lot of pressure on Chuck Fletcher going into this offseason. That's something we are going to be talking about in the coming weeks. Uh, Chuck yeah. Fletcher, it's just, I'm fascinated by what he is going to do because. I have no idea what he's going to do. I don't know if he's going to swing for the fences like some people are I'm hoping scared. he will. <laughs> I'm a little scared, yeah, because the things that scare me are the idea that he could trade the JVR contract, right, and trade away draft picks, like trade away a first-round pick just to get rid of a contract to sign a guy. And let's say he does all this to sign Nazem Kadri, which I'm still getting used to saying, who, again, I like as a player, but... I, he's what, 31 years old. I don't want to sign that guy to like a seven year deal. No, absolutely not. We'll see what happens, but it's going to be a fascinating one. But yeah, I, I, I liked a lot of those comments there. Here's the other thing. Like with, like with Tortorella coming in and I think we talked about this before, like he's not like, this isn't going to be a one year thing. And if the flyers are bad again next year, like really bad, they have to do something. And they're not going to fire Torts. They're going to fire Chuck Fletcher. And, like, to me, that's almost, like, I, I don't want to say best case scenario, but it's it almost is. Because to this point, Fletcher just, he hasn't done the greatest job. I think anyone, I think most people would agree with that, you know. Um, and if he just, let's pretend he swings for the fences this year and, you know, brings in some really good players and the team ends up being 
fun next season, then that's great. Cool. Then we have a whole different opinion of Fletcher. We have a whole different opinion of the team itself. Um, but if things are more the same next season, something has to change and it's not going to be the coach. Oh, for sure. And yeah, I think Fletcher is a guy who's all too aware of just how much time he has left as as GM of the Flyers at this point. Right. And I don't know how many internal positions they have left that they can really shuffle somebody off to the side to. But I, I doubt that Chuck, even though Bob Clark really seems to like Chuck, I, I, don't, I just don't think Chuck is going to get that courtesy of just, you know, okay, you just become the president and Danny Briere is now the GM as, you know, convenient. I also wouldn't be shocked if they pulled out that move, but I don't think it's likely. Part of me wonders if, like, I know normally when you have a really, really high draft pick, you tend to keep it, but, like, part of me does wonder if that's on the, like, if the Flyers are really thinking of moving that. Oh. To get a, a big-time, like, active NHL player. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they do, they're open to moving that. Yeah. And if they yeah. do, it can't be another Ristolainen. That's they can't, the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's it's... what scares me the most. You know. That's I'm terrified of that happening. I'm absolutely terrified of that happening because last year we were like, oh, got this pick. All right. This seems like good capital for a trade or anything. And then he did the one trade that I think at least every smart Flyers fan said, do not for the love of God do this. And, yeah, and then he did it. Yeah. Yeah. And we are paying for that right now. And that takes us to our last comment. Matt on Instagram said, Who's the first NHL regular to get benched? How will Nick Sealer look on power play one? Can Risto handle the captaincy <laughs> in Philly? <laughs> uh, Risto that would is... have... You'd have a panic attack if he got the seat. I almost want to see it happen, to be totally honest with you, because if he's going to be here for five years, just doing whatever the heck he's supposed to be doing, being real hard to play against, apparently. At least throw a captaincy on him and make reporters, you know, hold their microphones up high to get those quotes. So I know he's being facetious about the Nick Sealer on Power Play 1 thing, like, but the whole, like, NHL regularly get benched, that's, like, a legitimate thing because we've seen Tortorella do... Like, we he did it to so many... He, he said he benched Cam Atkinson when he was in um, Columbus when he first got there. So, like... We've seen him do it to good players before. And, you know, I, I'll tell you right now, if Ghost was still here, oh, he'd be on the bench all the time. And oh, I, he'd I, hate I Ghost. Hate oh, he, he would hate really Ghost. hate Ghost. Um, Which makes me a little worried sucks. for Cam York. <laughs> yes, I know. But, like, at least with Cam York, I feel like, like Cam York is – Definitely more of a two-way defender than I think Ghost was, you know? Ghost was really I, I good at offense. Yeah. yeah, and, like, Cam York is more, I think, complete defensively. Um, like, if I had to pick, I gotta say Konechny. I think he is gonna fucking hate Konechny, man. I really do. And we, I, lo- I love Konechny, but, dude. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think. TK is definitely a guy to watch in that regard. So here's here's the interesting one, though. And I think this is one of the most interesting offseason questions. Ivan Provorov. See, yeah, we talked about that last week, too. Like, I'm so interested to see what happens with that whole thing. Because <sighs> on one hand, I know he would fit great in his system. But on the other hand, I know he doesn't. 
apparently, apparently he doesn't take uh, criticism very well. And if there's one coach that's going to criticize you, it's absolutely torts. He doesn't so need like, your glory stories, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I, I, part of me really thinks that like Provorov could be moved be for that exact reason because it, like their personalities might clash. Oh yeah, I would be fine with that. To be honest, I really am kind of done with Ivan Provorov right now. Believe me, if he recovers and his attitude improves and he's a magically a better NHLer, I'm all for it because we know the yeah. guy can be a tank. We know he is durable, but. I just, I don't think he's mentally with this franchise anymore, but we're, I guess we'll see on that front. But the, I think he's a guy who has a possibility to get benched pretty early from torts if he is having these attitude issues. Yeah. I think, all right. So this might actually be easier. Let's, let's think of the players that torts will love. I think he's well, going to, at this point, clearly he he's going to love Atkinson. He loves Cam Atkinson. Um, he loves, he's going to love Couturier. Um, Hazy's an he, interesting one for me. Yeah, he's in he already says that he thinks he can get more out of Hayes. So like it sounds that doesn't sound like someone he would like bench. You know what I mean? It sounds like oh, yeah. he really yeah. likes Hayes a lot. So so there's Hayes, there's Couturier, there's Atkinson. I feel like he's gonna really like believe it or not, I, I know there's like a lot of talk of him like maybe being moved this offseason. But I feel like if he sticks around next season, I feel like he will love Oscar Lindblom. Oscar boy. Oscar boy. I feel like he would love Lindblom so much because like we have seen Lindblom when he like before the whole God, the cancer thing fucked everything up so much. But like before that happened, we saw like just how good he could have been. And like, I feel like he still, he still has not gotten back to that point yet, but like we know that he can score and we know that like defensively, he always puts in a like grade a effort. And that's something that Torts even said, like, show me something away from the puck and then you're going to get some freedom offensively. So I feel like he would really love Lindblom a lot. I think he's going to love Scott Lawton. I I think I'll love Scott Lawton too. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Lawton is such a a great hustle guy. One of the interesting ones to me is I, I believe this came from a Charlie tweet where somebody had mentioned like Travis Sanheim as somebody to watch out for under Torts, but Charlie was like, Travis Sandheim's actually one of the hardest workers in practice. Yeah. He's one of those like first on the ice, last off the ice kind of guys. So he actually might love Sandheim, but I don't know. I mean, Sandheim's one of those like underappreciated, like, you know, solid defensemen that right, yeah. every certain segments of the fan base, every mistake sticks out to. Sandheim's not going to be pr- like, he's not going to be exempt from criticism or anything like that. Definitely not. But I feel like he's the kind of guy that would respond well to it. You know what I mean? Like, I think Torts and Sanheim will mesh pretty well. Um, as for some of these other guys, like, I I, I don't know. I, like, so, it's it's hard to really pinpoint because, like, a lot of these guys, it's, it's hard to tell who's even going to be on the team because I just think... Right, like, I don't think he'd like JVR, but I'm pretty sure JVR is not going to be here next year. Yeah, season. I don't think he'll be here. I think he'll hate JVR. <laughs> yeah. I really like, do. I think either via buyout or trade, I think either way, there's just... I feel very unlikely that JVR is a flyer next season. So this is probably perhaps getting a little um, ahead of myself, but part of me wonders if... 
Like if Bobby Brink makes the team, I wonder what he would think of Bobby Brink. Bobby Brink. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's he's a tiny little guy, but he's got a, a good little motor on him. Yeah, he does. And like he tries defensively. What's Ooh, he we got do some breaking, this, We got some breaking news here. Some more breaking news. Oh, not not Flyers stuff. So sources, this is from Darren Dreger. Sources say Barry Trotz has decided not to immediately jump back into coaching. Trotz informed the Winnipeg Jets of his decision today and intends on continuing to focus on family. Oh, this is the funniest news that could have happened today. That is actually because it's been a terrible day, but this is very funny. So now Flyers fans who are complaining and crying their eyes out about the Flyers not getting trots. Now you fucking know why they didn't get trots. I I assume he just looked at the roster and said, no, I'm good. But this is actually, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, good for Trots for making that decision. But it also feels to me like he's saying, I don't like any of these options. I'm waiting until something a little better opens up that I could jump in and win another cup. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm really surprised he's not going to Winnipeg because like, I mean, obviously he's from Winnipeg, first of all. But second of all, Winnipeg, like, people act like Winnipeg does is just, like, like, I know they've been a middle-of-the-road team recently, but it's not like they don't have talent. You but know? do they have like parks they have... and an airport? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I believe they have three buildings there and an ice hockey rink, and that's pretty much all they have. And ice, like, just everywhere. Snow and ice all, all year long. Yeah. But, like, they have Kyle Connor. They have one of the best goalies in the NHL, Connor Hellebuck. Like they have a lot of, they got some like legitimately good pieces there. Um, and I don't know. I'm, I'm a little surprised that, that he's uh, kind of, but I guess at the same time, he, you know, he's a little bit older. He wants to hang out with his family, which I get. And like, honestly, if, if I got fired and, you know, after making as much as I had been making as a head coach, cause he was making mil- like so much money with the Islanders. Um, he's probably just like sleeping on piles of money. He can afford to take a whole year off and just vacation, travel around. Yeah. And if there is a team that happens to have a fantastic roster that just is looking for a change midseason and, oh, look, Barry Trotz is available. Well, you know, he might listen. Next season, I imagine he'd probably reconsider. He'd probably come back. Oh, I, I could totally see him. No, what I'm trying to say is I am thinking he might be holding out for like a midseason, like change of pace thing with like the oh, right team. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like somebody just like happens to be like, not because the Oilers just changed, but right. But like not quite the somebody like the Oilers, right, where they have like a top end star or something and just like the best chance for him to really just get one more cup. Yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah, like that's why when Vegas fired DeBoer, I immediately was like, oh, my God, Barry Trotz. It's Barry Trotz season in Vegas now. But then Bruce Cassidy became available and then they got him. And they, again, they probably got him because they knew that Trotz was leaning towards, um, I feel like for Trotz, it was like either going to Winnipeg or just not coaching next year. And he probably got convinced like to take the year off. So that's the first time in history. Anybody's choice is Winnipeg or no job. And they were like, <laughs> well, no, I can, I can see saying Winnipeg <laughs> no, or no fine. job. Like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I get it. Maybe I'd really rather on, just not get paid. Maybe they didn't want to step on Jack Capuano's toes. Like, he's looking to make a comeback Ooh. with his amazing 80s hair right there. He's just looking to make that comeback. 
David Quinn, baby. He's about to David go up Quinn. there and win himself a cup. I love that Boston's just sitting there with like nobody still. <laughs> Dude, that it's funny how quickly things have collapsed for Boston. Bergeron's got to be looking around like, what am I still doing here? I should just retire. I think you should just retire and let other people win the Selkie. I saw yesterday that he, apparently he's coming back on like a one-year deal. At least that's like the report, but who knows? I mean, he's still fantastic. <laughs> of course, yeah. he should yeah, still no, play. Yeah, he's very good. That's a team that like that's a team that you could retool and will immediately like you could actually salvage that team, but they just have a shit GM, so it's not going to happen. Yeah, the problem with the Bruins is like, like they're old, and they're hurt. Like. Marchand's going to miss like the first couple months of the season. So is Charlie McAvoy. Like I keep I forgetting about Marchand. That, that's a big one right there. Yeah. So like that's, they're really kind of fucked right now. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not doing it. And then Pasternak's like, like almost like kind of asking for a trade. So yeah, I, I would do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> it's like a no doubt about it. Like, give me, give me, give me. I wonder what number Pasternak's going to wear on the flyers. He can't wear 88. <laughs> it's retired i guess Eric he's just Lindros. gonna have to go with uh with eight i i'm oh i'm aware <laughs> as somebody who just found i i brought back a full <laughs> box a full paper box of photos from my dad's house and i probably had like 10 photos in that eric lindros jersey back in the day oh yeah yeah <laughs> i'm aware that that number is unavailable but there's you know Whatever he, whatever other number he wants that's not retired is all his because I would do bad things to get him on the Flyers. Let's see. What year was he born? He was born in 1996. So maybe he'd wear 96. There you go. There you go. We'll have to see. Yeah, I, I don't want to get my hopes up for literally any talented player coming. Oh, yeah, here. no, it's absolutely not happening. I'm literally just, just. But yeah, that's what that's what Flyers fans do sometimes. That's just especially a problem on Flyers Twitter. It's like any player becomes available, and people are like, "Why don't you go get him, Chuck?" <laughs> Dude, it's the same thing with the Sixers. Like, like the last couple nights, I've seen a bunch of people saying, "Like, oh my god, now the Sixers are going to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving." I'm like, "Whoa!" Because that worked out. <laughs> chill for out. Nights. Yeah, like stop. That's not happening. <laughs> let's let's chill. That's it. You know, let's just. Relax, take a deep breath, and think about everything. <laughs> oh, folks, it's been another blast, let me tell you. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Ryan at... At Ryan Quiggs. Wow. On Twitter. Anything you want to plug for the people right now? Ah, oh, not too much. Just uh, stay plugged in with NBC Sports Philadelphia. I'm writing there. And of course, Broad Street Hockey um, and Nights on Ice for SB Nation. I'm doing some stuff, uh, both sites. So got some uh, consistent flow of tent coming out and it's uh, it's fun. So stay tuned for all that fun stuff. Yes. And speaking of Broad Street Hockey, lots of tangy draft tent coming up. Be sure to keep an eye on that because the season is almost finally done and it'll be time to talk about the draft. And you better believe there will be some obnoxious trade talk and we'll be right there on top of all of it. Damn straight we will. (laughs) 
You can follow me at FlyPurbly or at Estebom. If it's for hockey purposes, make it FlyPurbly. Follow FlyPurbly on Instagram. Follow BSH on TikTok and all that fun stuff. And follow BSH Radio on Broad Street Hockey on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Folks, that's all we got for you. And it was plenty. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow. Wow. Wow.